0: all right everyone welcome to our first podcast with myself uh Ja and fives and my co-host mr bank 99 um it's nice to be with you guys uh for our first episode of the back of the net podcast number one where we're going to talk everything from premier league break down each game uh for each match week um and just kind of um just talk soccer because that's what we love to do so um, I'll intro myself first, uh, my Twitter handle, uh, for all of you wondering, um, you can follow me week in and week out about, uh, I kind of pick the brains, uh, pick apart each, uh, team in the prem. My Twitter handle is at, uh, JAH, five S. Um, you're going to see a lot of biased Arsenal fan stuff on there. I'm a big Arsenal fan, been an Arsenal fan here for probably about the past 10 years, um it's been t- been a tough 10 years I can I can say and Mr. Bank can uh can also say that as well. But picking hey, hey, up for you. We're excited for the new season. Um Absolutely. We're really ready to get going and I'll pass it over to my co-host Mr. Bank to uh tell him a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, thank you very much uh ja, for having me on and for uh getting the podcast started. I really appreciate it. So me, I'm uh Mr. Bank 99 on Twitter. Nice and simple and uh I'm a big soccer fan. I love the Premier League more than probably any other European league. So you'll definitely see some Premier League content on there once the season gets started. But for sure, follow Josh ja for the more in-depth analysis on his Twitter. Mine's going to be a little more uh, mixed between soccer, football, basketball, that type of thing. But on this podcast, I'm going to be, like Josh ja said, he going to be biased on Arsenal. I'm going to be biased on Burnley. I know it's not a uh, a super high touted squad and not a super famous squad, but I ride with the boys, and Sean Dyche does a great job with that team, so I'll try to keep it subjective there, but we'll see what happens, and uh, other than that, I'm just here to uh, bring a little bit of a gambling degenerate vibe to the pod and, you know, give my thoughts on some soccer, give a little outsider information on the soccer.
0: I love, I absolutely love that you're a Burnley fan, you know, it's easy to, you know, if you want to get into the prem to pick a top five team, but, um. You know, I know you, and I know how you know the kind of soccer that you love watching, and Burnley just fits right into that for you. Just that kind of soak up the pressure, um, kind of football. And uh, God, Burnley's got some really fun players to watch. Uh, I mean, we got Nick Pope, arguably best keeper in the Premier League.
1: Oh, I think it's such an easy team to fall in love with when you when you put your put your heart and soul into it, and uh, Pope and that, uh, and just the way that they structure their squad. It's, they're definitely a lot of fun to watch, but you know. We'll get to them later. You uh, keep us going with this intro here.
0: Yeah, of course. So uh, I'll kind of let you guys know what the podcast is about and what we're kind of hoping to structure everything about. So we're hoping to do one episode a week. Um, pretty much all we'll do is we'll just break down each match. Um, if we have a bet or if we have uh, any type of lean on the game, we'll offer it. If not, we'll just pass. Um, and then if we both have you know, a bet and a lean that's kind of the same thing, we'll say it's a consensus pick. And we'll track our record throughout the year. And hopefully, guys, hopefully we're going to return some profit for you guys. Um, We're just a couple of American lads who really like enjoying watching the game of soccer. Fell in love with the Premier League a long time ago. So we've been watching a lot. You know, we know how things work. Um, We have betted a little bit. um, And we just want to offer our two cents to uh, kind of the viewers. So to get this podcast started... Uh, we're going to do this podcast, which will kind of be our initial season thoughts. We got the season starting here in eight days. And then within the next couple, eight days, we'll, uh, roll out our week one, uh, picks for, uh, that for first, uh, I guess picks podcast. Um, so I got a match day one baby. Yeah. Match day one. It's, it's hard to, hard to uh, believe that we only have eight days, uh, until the first week of the season, but I couldn't be more excited. So, um, I thought what better way to start off uh intro a new season to why not just start picking uh some top four, some relegation zones, might as well pick a winner and then I wanna talk about a couple of teams that have kind of made some uh big transfer moves lately here um for the upcoming season. So for, you know, top top four, um let's get it started. Mr. Bank, what are you what are you thinking, man for top four this yeah, year? Yeah,
1: um I think this could really be a fun season in the Premier League and I think we're going to get a little bit more movement up than the past couple of years. I really, I really think that um, Liverpool, they obviously didn't make it too many moves in the transfer window. So I think that what's going to happen with them is they might become a little complacent at the beginning of the year. And I really don't see that. I think obviously they're going to finish top four. It's hard to say that they're not going to. But I think when you're not counting them in Man City, I think Chelsea, obviously a great top four action with how active they've been in the transfer window. I think Man U finished off last season after the restart with a great momentum, and I think uh, they're going to carry that into this next season and compete for a top four spot along with potentially Arsenal. I think Spurs is going to come in, swing in, and maybe even lesser. So I really think there could be seven teams vying for the top four here with, le- with a legitimate shot to take it with maybe five matches left in the season.
0: Yeah, and I mean, if so if you look at the betting odds, um, you got, you know, your top four finishers, Man City and Liverpool, pl- pretty clear favorites here. Um, just a to touch on Man City. Uh, gosh, they're making so much rumble in the transfer market with who else than Lionel Messi? Could we actually see him make a, or not make a return, but make a, you know, a Premier League debut, uh, man, it, it's, it would be definitely interesting, um, but they got to be a shoe in here for a top-four finish. Um, and I, Just touching on what you said with Liverpool, like you said, they haven't really made a whole lot of, you know, moves in the transfer market. I really thought that deal for Thiago was going to go through. I love that signing if they were able to make it happen. They haven't yet. Um, he's just a perfect fit. Kind of, I think, what they exactly need in that midfield to freshen things up. You know, because I like Fabinho in the midfield, I like Jordan Henderson, but I just think they need a new fresh face there. When all them, he's great player, but he's not, he's not quite doing it. Um, I expected to see Thiago there, haven't yet. So, can Liverpool maybe drop off a little bit? Yes. Um, obviously, Chelsea, gosh, they brought in Lampard, just unloaded. He's bringing in so many players. Um, that's a it's pretty it's pretty clear cut and easy to think that it, it might go something like Man City, Liverpool, United, Chelsea. But this is the Premier League. Weird crap happens. Um Absolutely. so like you said, I also agree. Um a team I like, I love Wolves, and I'm not sure. Uh I mean I know you know that I, I'm a big Wolves fan. We're both big Adama Traore fans. I mean that guy's just a beast. Jimenez yeah. can he's he, he,
1: he he's a You can just impact the game at any given moment.
0: Any given moment. and um, I'm not buying into the Everton hype yet. Uh, I know Mm -hmm. they're making so many transfers. Uh, We're seeing James Rodriguez uh, come to the Premier League, so how fun is that? But I'm not buying into that Everton hype uh, quite yet. Um, But I would say, yeah, those are my my top four finish. Pretty square, but uh, when you look at things... Uh, I think that's probably the best way to go about it.
1: Yeah, I think, as you were saying, if we're going out, we were going to use Bavada for our odds just to keep it standard. And I think uh, Man City and Liverpool, both over minus 1,000 to be top four. I mean, I think those are locks, but that's not something that you want, really want to invest your money in. Man right, U, minus 275. Not. I would say I think Man U has a great shot to be top four extremely likely maybe not extremely likely to happen but it's a likely outcome along with Chelsea I think Arsenal though at plus 300 they they look like a decent option because I think they could be within striking distance toward the end of the season it's just whether or not uh, they're going to get that impact from the guys at the top of the lineup I really I think Aubameyang is going to have another great year but I don't know how how well they're gonna do if they have Lacazette starting up top for forty games for thirty eight matches. Yeah, um,
0: I you know as as even me being a biased Arsenal fan here, I I don't think it's our year for top four yet. But boy, I mean we're bringing in the pieces that uh, that are making making us you know making a uh, you know me kind of scream for hey maybe we actually have the chance bringing in Gabriel. You know we're re signing Aubameyang. Um, but we're we still I th- I still think we need a you know a piece more a couple more there's a few more pieces that we need uh, whether it comes in the transfer window here um, sometime during the season um, if not I really like our chances to finish uh, within top five or top six but like at plus three hundred for a top four finish for Arsenal will I make that fan bet probably because <laughs> you know you ride and die with your boys um, you have to. But you know, outside of those top four, um, value-wise, I don't see a whole lot. Um, so I say let's move on. Um, let's pick a yeah. winner. Let's pick a winner. Who who do you cool. got? winning in the Premier League?
1: Yeah. Uh, um, I hate this. I hate to do it. I hate to say it, but I do think that Man City is going to win this one in relatively comfortable fashion. I don't. I don't think they're going to run away with it like Liverpool did this past season. But I think. Just the way their squad is structured and even how you were saying, they've been pretty active in this transfer window. I think they have too many horses to drop that many matches, especially in consecutive fashion. I think if they do end up losing a match here and there, they're going to bounce back with even a couple-week stretch of just blowouts. So I really think Man City is like going to be the team to beat in the Premier League this season. How about you?
0: Yeah, no, I'm right there with you, man. Um, I, I kind of... I just think I totally agree with your, your point of view on Liverpool. Liverpool are going to come out, I think, to start the season just flat-footed. Um, we kind of saw that in the FA Cup Community Shield. Um, what I mean, Arsenal, a team that rarely dominates hey. Liverpool within the past eight years here, dominated that game for uh, at least 45 to 50 minutes, and we ended up getting the win in penalties. Um, now, granted, it's kind of a glorified friendly. How much did Liverpool actually care? You got to think they care in a little bit, but I mean, I, I, I just, yeah, I like Man City this year. Um, I agree. I don't think they're going to run away with it, but I don't even think Liverpool might not be in second place this year. I think we could see Chelsea or Manchester United overtake them and get that second place this year. I don't think Liverpool, I think they're a top four team. I don't know if they're a top two team though.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, like you were saying, I think they might come out a little complacent and just drop some points where they shouldn't. And that could really cost them in the long run.
0: And, uh, I mean, Liverpool's got your favorite player in the Premier League, Mohamed Salah.
1: Yeah, don't get me started on Mo Salah. Uh, If you are any type of Liverpool fan, I can see how you would have liked Salah in past seasons. But Salah, I think, just the way he handled himself during the restart, he really, he's not the type of player you want leading your side through match in, match out. He kind of just plays with a a sort of air about him that he doesn't care whether or not he misses. He's going for the ultimate chance. And when it sends five yards wide of the post, he's just going to complain about it. Ask their PK from the ref. Just not a, not a player that I'm a big supporter of, but... Uh, I'll I'll let it slide for right now and wait till week <laughs> one to where I can come after him again.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, gosh, we came all we were we were going after Salah the whole time after the restart. Um, um, and gosh, I mean, just every single week he just he just didn't come to show, he didn't come to play, and maybe he will next year, but gosh, I I don't I don't see it right now.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he's a flip the switch type of player, and if he can just turn it back on like that, I guess we will see, but I'll tell you what, I'm not, I'm not rooting for him. Yeah. I
0: mean, Hey, bold, bold predictor. If you can find, uh, uh, if you can find any type of odds, uh, for, you know, Chelsea or Manchester United to finish above Liverpool, Liverpool to finish in the bottom, uh, top four. I think that's worth a shout. Um, I really do. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't know if they've done enough this year. Um, Obviously, I they got their Premier League win. Um, I think it I think it they might have a little bit of a disappointing year this year. Um, maybe in the Premier League, maybe not in the Champions League, but um yeah, I think it's worth a shout if you can find some plus money there, which you definitely would be able to. I'm not sure which books would offer that uh, if you have a local, definitely hit that up. All right, yeah, um kinda we're gonna continue on here. Um, let's talk relegation zone. Um, this is where things get interesting um, and I have an interesting take on uh, teams to be relegated um, I think it's gonna be an interesting race this year um if you kind of I got some odds pulled up again from Bovada here I think and this is a dark horse for me um a team I think I think Villa. You can find Aston Villa to be relegated this next coming year at plus 175. I think it's a great shout. Um, What have Villa done in the transfer window? Quite honestly, nothing. Um, Haven't really seen any news from them. Um, I I just don't see how them getting better um, and doing better next year. So, honestly, for me – They haven't made any big deals. I'm picking them to go down. It's a pretty easy pick right now to say that. Honestly, I could look like the biggest idiot come time January if Jack Grealish is banging in goals. Who knows? This is why everything when you pick at the beginning of the season is always fun.
1: Um, That's the thing, though, with uh, Villa is their only bright spot is Jack Grealish. They didn't make basically any signing. I do like Trezeguet
0: on the – out on the wing. He is very nice. He had a great couple end of the, at the end of the season, Trezeguet, kind of put the team on his back a little bit to get them out of relegation zone. And, boy, it was fun to watch. But what are they doing out, you know, in preparation for this next year? I don't see anything. And it's kind of what Norwich did last year. They come into the Premier League. You expect them to make some transfers, do something so they can stay in. They don't look at what happened in Norwich back in the championship. That's where, yeah, where VIA is
1: going. For sure. That's what I was just about to say. The thing is, with Fulham and West West Brom and Leeds, I mean, you've got three sides coming in that seem they're to be at least, somewhat, yeah, at least somewhat intent on staying in the Premier League. And if you're an Aston Villa side who just narrowly escaped relegation last season, I think you've got to come in with more of a sense of urgency. And who knows, maybe in-house they have that, and they're going to come out strong. Yeah. But... I just think they didn't really show it particularly in the transfer window that they're particularly excited for this season.
0: Yeah, I mean we see Leeds making 30 million I I don't remember the deal for Rodrigo what that was, but about 30 million euro transfer for a side like Leeds that is ginormous. Um to see a team make a deal like that, um it's really fun and I hope Leeds have a great year and uh I mean, we'll end up seeing they got some great pieces, um, strengthen their striker role with this big deal. So we haven't seen that from Villa. So that's my first pick for relegation.
1: Yeah, I think uh, for my first pick for relegation, but I mean, I think we could say Fulham and West Brom, but I think that's just kind of a cop-out pick. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how those two sides actually play in the, once they get into the Premier League play against the best sides in the world. But I think a side that really kind of disappointed me in the Premier League last year is Crystal Palace. And I really don't see them having a great season here. I mean, really, I see them finishing at the highest 14. But even at at that, I think that the bottom is going to be a little tight. And I think they could slide into the relegation zone at any point of the season and never regain their footing
0: yeah I agree. I can't believe Zaha is still on that
1: team. I know
0: cannot. and i mean they team.
1: have they have players like like you said with Zaha and a couple other guys, but it's just they don't
0: they just in my annoy. opinion, they don't
1: seem to fit together very well yeah
0: I'm not yeah and Selhurst Park it's a very tough place to play when there are fans, and it's a packed stadium, but I just think. Crystal Palace can be exposed when there's no fans, and I don't ever think they really have a home field advantage with no fans. Um, So I like that take on that. Um, My next two picks here. um, I'm going to cop out here once. I'm picking West Brom to go down, and just simply because of their defense. They're sloppy, sloppy at the back. Um, I'm not totally... uh, in keen or in key here with, you know, what West Brom have. Um they took they took they totally could surprise me. Um but West Brom had even money to go down here. A little bit of a cop out pick, but I uh I just don't see they have old Premier League players in the site. They got Charlie Austin. Kieran Gibbs, an old Arsenal, old gunner. Um I do like, you know, a couple of their wingers. They're very, very little shifty guys. But um I don't see this team keeping, you know, clean sheets or holding teams to one goal and, you know, grinding out draws. I'm picking West Brom to go down. And my last pick is, is – it's going to be an interesting one. I'm picking I'm picking Sheffield. At plus 350, I think might be worth and have some value. Sheffield United to go down. Mm. Um, it was everyone shooing to go down last year. You look at that lineup and you go, who's going to score the goals? But for some reason – you know, someone was always scoring the goals. And if you look at like the highest goal scorer on their team, I think Oliver McBurney and David Goldrick both had like six or seven goals was their top goal scorer. Crazy. Crazy how much, you know, how great of a season that team had. Um, but I think we're going to see a lot of regression here. After the restart, we saw the Sheffield team win like one or two games, and they were just getting trapped. They were just getting destroyed, whether it was at home or it was away. I think the Premier League teams kind of figure out are figuring out how to beat this Sheffield side. Um, that's my dark horse pick of the season, uh, plus 350. Uh, definitely worth a little bit of a shout. Um, might as, I mean, pick it up if you want. I'm gonna definitely probably toss a unit on it. Ride it out. It was everyone's pick last year to be relegated. They proved everyone wrong. I think this this year they're gonna prove everyone right now and go down.
1: Yeah, I think uh, that's definitely an interesting pick, and I hate to uh, just agree with your other pick, but I was also going to take Wes Brown to go down. But um, moving on from them, I think my kind of sleeper or a little bit better odds to be relegated team is also at plus 350, and I think I think Brighton is going to have a rough season this year. Um, I just wasn't too impressed with their performance at the end of the restart. And I know that's not necessarily indicative of what's going to happen right away in this in this brand new season. But with the limited turnaround time, and, I mean, I, they did make a couple signings. Beltman from Ajax. They got Lalana from Liverpool. But yeah. I just, I wasn't too impressed with their, really, any of their attacking, or, sorry, not their attacking, their midfield play from last, from the restart. And I think that's pretty important in the Premier League. And with so many good sides, I mean, we've got teams that are projected to finish in the late teens that have some very nice players and some very nice chemistry. So I think at Brighton, at 350 to be relegated is, is also worth a stab. I think they're going to be close to that relegation zone for most of the season. Maybe they'll be a couple points clear, but I think they'll have that scare looming in their mind at least the whole season.
0: Yeah, I think all these teams we kind of touched on, the only team we really didn't really talk about was Fulham. They're also even money to be relegated. Fulham got their leading returning goal scorer from last year in the championship. Mitrovic uh, used to play for Newcastle. Guy scored 26 goals last year. Um, I think that's something to be said. Uh, I think Fulham can score a lot of goals, and uh, that's why I kind of like them to maybe stay up this year, and that's why I probably also you do as well. I mean, we didn't really touch on them, but uh, I like Fulham to <clears throat> yeah. stay up.
1: Yeah, I think like you're saying with uh, the leading returning goal scorer coming back and just having a side that's able to produce opportunities and produce
0: yeah.
1: goals, I think that that's something, as simple as it sounds, not all these teams at the bottom of the table are going to be able to produce chances like I think Fulham will be able to. And if you get a couple of lucky bounces here and there, they might end up well clear of the relegation zone.
0: Are you any worried about Burnley?
1: Yeah, I mean, looking at these Vivada. odds...
0: Are
1: you any at, at plus 300? Burnley at, Burnley at plus 300, I take as a big sign of disrespect. I think <laughs> from what I've seen, I've just, you know, pussed around and looked at a lot of different people's, a lot of different pundits' predictions for the season. And I see a lot of people having Burnley hovering around 12 to 15 range. Yeah. And I know they're not the flashiest side. They're not the side that like we were kind of saying with Fulham is gonna produce a ton of chances. But I mean when you have Sean Deitch as your manager, I'm pretty, to, I'm pretty confident that he's gonna I'm pretty confident that he's gonna put out an extremely competitive side every match day. And I think when you play with a keeper like Pope and the way they defend, I don't think it's very likely that they they're, they're gonna be losing a lot of matches in the first half. And some of these sides that are going to be relegated or that are at least favorites to be relegated could be out of a lot of games by halftime. I think that's something Burnley does really well is they keep themselves in games, give themselves opportunity. That's part of the reason we love the game of soccer is because if you are keeping yourself in the game, even if you're not the better side of the game, you still can give yourself a chance with one, you nick a goal, you get a corner here. I just, I I think Burnley plus 300 to be relegated is a little bit disrespectful, but I'll let Shawnee Deitch do the talking on that one.
0: Yeah, and what I love about everyone on Burnley is they play for for Sean and they play for Shawnee D. Um, yes, sir. I just love how they just seem like a, a big big family. Um, they all they grind out results. We saw them after the restart. The la- they lost the last game of the season. Boo hoo. Before that, they won like, oh gosh, they they were on like a almost ten. Ten games unbeaten. It was it was just phenomenal what Sean, Shawnee D was able to do with this side, and I think they they do well without the fans. Um, you need to see we need to see Ben Me uh, the likes getting back into the lineup. I hope he's doing all right. Um, yeah, we need
1: Jack Cork back as well.
0: Right, gotta get all the get the boys back at Burnley, and what was even more phenomenal was watching them go on that run. They were doing it with. You know, guys who normally don't see the pitch, you know, guys coming off the bench. And that just goes to show about um, what's going on in the locker room. Uh, It's got to be a lot of good things when you guys got guys coming off the bench, um, giving it it their all and producing results. We almost saw, you know, when we watched that favorite, one of my favorite games after the restart was watching Burnley versus Liverpool. Um, We saw Burnley go down early. And then we saw, you know, whatever Shawnee D said at halftime of that game really fired those boys up because they should have won that game 2-1. What a great second half that was.
1: I will say, though, this this is probably extreme bias fan coming from me, but I think the hydration breaks benefited Burnley quite a bit because I think with each of those hydration breaks, they were able to regroup in the way that they defend. Yeah. I think having some time to regroup and look at the areas of the field in which the other side is attacking them. I think Sean Dyche was able to make some minor adjustments in those little breaks that I'm not sure he's going to be able to do that when there's not as like the hydration breaks going on, but we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. I actually didn't really think about that because Burnley is the type of team where they just want to defend. They want to soak up the pressure. Then they get out on the counter and guys, guys can bang in goals. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good point. Burnley are your bend type break don't team, a bend don't break type of team. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the hydration breaks definitely played a huge role in uh, things. But uh, let's keep things moving. Uh, we got yep. our Burnley talk in. Um, let's just talk about you know some teams that we see here. I guess you know maybe making a top ten run here this year. Uh, you can even shout out your Burnley boys again if you want. I'm sure top ten finish would. Probably be some great odds for Burnley. Um, yeah,
1: uh, right now they're trading, looks like, plus 300 on Bovada plus 300. to be top 10, which I think is pretty good odds. I mean, when did they finish I last year again? Finished ninth last season. Ninth. And there you go, guys. What a cash the bet. What a cash the bet. <laughs> I'm not sure what their odds were going into last season, but I bet it was similar to plus 300, Probably maybe even similar. better. Probably even better. But uh, I, like, I like them at plus 300. I will stab at it. I'll tell you guys that right now. You know I'm going to be betting it. Not necessarily something I would give out as a player or anything like that, but definitely as a fan, I think you have to bet it. The thing that interests me the most on these top 10 odds is Leeds at 2-1. to one. I think with all the moves that Leeds has been making in the transfer window, obviously we're all super excited to see them and see how they perform in the Premier League. But 2-1 to one for a top 10 finish, that's, that's pretty exciting for Leeds supporters.
0: Oh yeah, I mean that's huge. I mean this is a team that is just getting promoted out of the championship and the oddsmakers are saying that they have a 2 to 1 chance of finishing in the top 10. I mean, how crazy is that? Uh, Leeds are legit. I agree with you. They're making the deals, they got they got some flair. Um, I really like their front three this year. They're going to have most likely Rodrigo and Bamford kind of up top. Bamford's not super flashly, yeah, not super flashy, but we got Rodrigo uh, for the 30 million uh, transfer deal, he's gonna be real flashy up there. You got Jack Harrison on the on the wing. Uh, they got him on loan from City. Um, I've learned. I watched this guy's highlights last year. He had nine assists in the championship. This guy can ball, and he is the reason why Bamford had like 16 goals last year. Harrison has got a lot of flair on the wing, and then on the other side of the wing, they got Helder Costa. Got him on loan from Wolves. He's a really solid player as well. He's got a lot of pace and get down the wing. Um, they got a really solid front three. Uh, they're just goal-scoring machines, and they got a lot of talent up there. And at 2-1, to one, might be worth a little bit of a shout, but um, I'm excited to watch Leeds play, and they open up the season versus Liverpool. How awesome is that?
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be a really exciting match to watch week one. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how they perform. I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll put up some goals on that
0: Liverpool yeah, I mean, side
1: and make it a high-scoring game. Keep an eye keep
0: an eye on this lead squad, guys. Um, I think before the season, uh, I think for the Liverpool game, they might be about a two-goal, close to a two-goal underdog. Um, odds makers might not really be giving them an edge versus Liverpool, but with everything that we've been saying, we like this lead squad and we think Liverpool might – have a little bit of a worse season this year, might be worth a look, and that might be where we're going for week one of the season. Stay tuned for that.
1: Sir, Leafs is looking like they're plus one and a half, even money. Okay, so. plus
0: one and a half. I did see it plus, uh, like I was trading at, like plus 1.75 I saw a couple days ago. So. Yeah, I'm
1: sure if you wanted to lay a little extra juice, you could mm-hmm. get a decent plus two bet in. Yeah. and But, uh, uh yeah.
0: I guess we'll move on here. Um. I'd like to just say a couple things about the Gunners this year and where I think we are, we might be finishing. Um, Absolutely. I couldn't be more excited for the season this year uh, for Arsenal. I mean, it's the first time in we've seen in like three, four years that we're actually, we actually might be doing something. Um, I love, I love Arteta and what he does. I think he's, whatever he learned from Pep and the style of football that he's bringing to Arsenal is really fun to watch. Finally, we're actually paying attention to our weaknesses on the side. Uh, We're signing center backs. You got Gabriel and Saliba now, Um, so maybe, just maybe, we will see a lot less of David Luiz, and that that that'll be great for any Arsenal fan (laughs) out there. Absolutely. I cringe every time he touches the ball. Um, But future looks bright. Uh, We made our center back signings. Uh, You know, we're still looking. You got Tierney out on the right um we might be able to see a lot more of Tierney playing kind of a right wing back role this year that kind of Saka plays out on the left because Tierney wants to get forward so with these new center back signings we might be able to see kind of Tierney get more into the attack which I love um and then you know we're getting Bamiang back you love to see that um he's the main man he's so classy um I want to keep him around for a while because he's uh, arguably one of the better strikers in the Premier League. Uh, He's just a classy striker. And uh, we're looking to maybe make a deal here in this center mid department. We're most likely losing Lucas Torreya. Not a huge uh, miss here, Um, but we're looking at a center mid from Atletico Madrid, Might be butchering this uh, French here, but it's Thomas Partey. I'm not sure. And then we're also looking at the center mid from Lyon Awar. Also probably butchered that French as well. So don't don't come after me, guys. But you know who I'm talking about. Two uh, classy center mids. If we could... Man, if we could get one of those guys here before the window closes, and I know both of them are relatively pricey, so we might be unloading a few players. I know Hector Bellerin, might, he might be on the way out. Um, like I said, Lucas Torre might be on the way out, and also Kalasniak might be on the way out. We unload these guys. I want to see Arsenal make a move for one of those two guys, really solidify the midfield. Um, we got Jocka staying back. Um, so, and you know, he's our main man, you know, he's been holding down the fort in Arsenal's midfield for a while now. Um, but we might actually see Ozil go as well. And wow, what a day. I mean, he's literally just been soaking up on the bench in Arsenal for a couple of years now. It's quite crazy that Ozil came to Arsenal for around 50 million, 50 million euros and he's going to leave for about, probably about 15 to 20. So.
1: Yeah, definitely uh, not the best but situation there.
0: I'm excited for Arsenal. Um, you're going to have a great front three this year. You want to see the likes of Aubameyang. I think Williams got a season or two left in him. I don't hate that signing. I think he's going to be great. And uh, Lacazette's always a great little, he's a hard worker, super sub. He'll be coming in and out there. Uh, I'm just really excited for the side. Uh, I want to see what Saka can do this year. Um, I love him.
1: I love a lot about yeah. him for sure. Um, Let's move on. I'm really excited to, well, yeah, just for your, uh, just at one point on your Arsenal squad, I'm really excited to see how, um, Saliba fits in on the defensive side of the ball, because I think from what I've seen from him, obviously didn't see too much from him just because I didn't watch too much, um, you know, too much of his matches in the past, Mm. but I think from what I've seen highlight wise and just the way he has played on a little bit of tape, I think he's going to be great for them. Just having a big body back there, you could argue that was kind of David Luiz's role is to be the big body in the center back there. But he was, I think we could all agree, pretty washed. And I mean, he, he did the right thing sometimes, but I think bringing a young guy back there to really help anchor the defense is a great thing for Arsenal. And like you were saying, I'm really excited to see Saka's progression this season. I think with a short time off, I think that'll actually benefit him because he's he's got a little bit of a rhythm there at the end of the Premier League, at the end of the restart. And I think he's just gonna carry that right on over into this next season and just continue to grow and make an impact in this in this great league.
0: Yeah. No, I gosh, I'm excited, guys. I really am. Um, let's move on to. Uh, I guess we'll touch on two more sides here that have been making a lot of buzz here in the Premier League. Uh, we'll touch on Everton, and I guess then we'll touch on Chelsea and what uh, kind of what we think, and then we'll wrap things up here. So let's go to Everton first. They've been yeah, making, um, making a lot of noise here. Everton a, have. Do you believe in Everton. the Everton hype?
1: I I hate to say it, but I do not believe in Everton hype. I think they're – I mean, I, I don't think you can argue that – obviously, they've been active, this transfer window, and I don't think you can argue that they're going to have some matches this season where they make you think, wow, those signings were really worth it, Those all that hype really made sense. But I don't see them sustaining that through a 38-match season along with outside competitions, whatever they're playing in. I just think that this this Everton team – I think they have a lot of leftover parts from last season that didn't just didn't mesh together in a consistent way. And that's really what scares me with them is just the consistency. I think that's so important in the premier league match day in match day out. You got to have a side that you can, some players on your side that you can rely on, whether it's solid defenders like my Burnley squad has, or, I mean, as much as I hate Salah, Liverpool has a pretty consistent attack up front. And you don't need those world-class players, but I think you need to have players who fit together and can, whether or not they're on their A game, they can at least come together and make some sort of performance, give themselves some chances. But well, uh, what are you thinking with everything?
0: Their midfield is going to be scary. Um, I, they're. I mean, we're looking at... I don't know James Rodriguez. Is he washed? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, but you know, bringing in Allen from from Napoli, he's class. They got a big void in their midfield. I love their two strikers, I must say, at Everton. Um I love Charleston. I think he's he's a great, great fit for that squad. Um, but will kind of will these players fill the void in the midfield? Um, I'm not sure. We'll see. I mean, they're getting Dekoure from uh, from Watford. He's great. That's a great little signing from uh, for them. And uh, I mean, they're they're putting together a lot of. They're gonna. They're trying to make a move here. And uh, if you look at top ten for Everton finish this year, uh, I believe it's trading at about even. Um, I might. I mean, that's an interesting look. Uh, this Everton team, like you said, they're so inconsistent. Like, we saw them after the restart. We see, we see them draw to Liverpool, but then you see them, you know, drop points to Newcastle. So it's it's yeah. really hard to kind of, even though they're making deals like this, um, they're making moves, which which is great for the Premier League to see the likes of James Rodriguez maybe returning, well, not returning, uh, making a debut in the Premier League. It's great for the Prem. Um, he's a really classy player. I don't know if he still has it, though. Uh, I mean they're gonna be better, that's for sure, but I don't oh, think yeah. i I don't think it's that. anything to get super super hyped about um because at the end of the day it's still everton. <laughs> we gotta remember yeah. that, um, and they got a lot of holes elsewhere, so it'll be fun, yeah, but uh moving yeah. on let's i mean let's talk about Chelsea, boy, I mean, is Frank Lampard and the Chelsea board really trying to push for. Pretty much a title here, it seems like, with oh, everyone yeah. they're bringing in, it's pretty phenomenal. I mean, bringing in the likes of Timo Werner, bringing in the likes of Ziak. um, gosh, they they brought in so many players. Um,
1: I mean, bringing in even like Tiago Silva. Tiago
0: Silva. I mean, there's so many. I'm just kind of forgetting. here. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it's it that'll be really fun to watch. They're gonna be good, and I think. The big part of Chelsea's success this year is going to... Oh, I even totally forgot. Kai Havertz, that's another big, big signing. Um,
1: yeah.
0: I think the big part of their success this year is going to be around the American man himself. Our, our, yes, sir. our, our golden boy, Christian Pulisic. <laughs> um, he's, he's so good at um, just the game of football. And it's really good for, uh, any American listeners out there who don't already know who he is, um, what you should, but if you don't, you should be really excited at this guy can ball. Um, it's going to be really fun to watch him when the world cup rolls around next time. Cause America's really making a push to being, uh, you know, actually a relatively good side and, Man, he can ball out Chelsea and I think out on the left, um, he's gonna create a lot for them. Um these oh, players, yeah. I just
1: think I think they have just a super dangerous very uh forwards and midfielders and I think it's gonna be super interesting to see the way that Frank Lampard puts together his, his side every yeah. match day. I can
0: only just imagine whether or not he's like who the starting eleven is gonna be for the first match yeah. day. And how That's are these players going to gel? There's so many guys. I mean, what is Havertz going to play? Is We're going to see Havertz kind of play a central attacking midfield role here. Is Havertz going to get the nod? Are we going to see Timo Werner getting the nod? Um,
1: yeah. yeah, and I mean, there was even times at the end of last season where Pulisic wouldn't start. And, I mean, right. I was always a little confused by that. But I think you can now make the argument that, you can not start maybe guys like Mason Mount or sure those type of players just because they're so loaded and yeah they maybe really this are. is this Chelsea side is a team that is going to get hurt a little bit along with Man City to not have the five substitutes like they did during the restart with all the depth they have. Obviously, that's not how it usually is, but that's just a little advantage that was built in for those teams there.
0: Yeah, they're scary. Um, they really are, and. Uh, I'm kind of jumping on the hype here. A little bit of a square thing to do, but I mean, they're bringing in a lot of big names and they're just only getting, you know, more strong. And, sh- and I think, like I said, I I still think Man City's going to run away with it, but this is my pick for. I think Chelsea's my second best team here in the Premier League this coming year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I'm pretty much in agreement with you there. I think I'm not super high on Liverpool and. I don't know if Man U is quite ready to make that huge of a jump. I think I'm going to take Man- Chelsea as my number two spot as well. Yeah.
0: I mean, if you had to put Chelsea next to Liverpool and do a kind of a combined starting 11, assuming that you know Chelsea finalized a couple of these deals here, I know Kai Havertz hasn't gone through yet, or they haven't announced it, but, I mean, obviously, that's kind of a done deal. They just haven't really pulled the strings together yet. But a combined starting 11... I might be picking more Chelsea players than Liverpool players. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, Timo Werner versus uh, Firmino, I'm probably picking Timo there. Um, it'll be interesting to see who's kind of out on the right for Chelsea. That's probably still a little bit of a question mark. Will Palusik get in there? Um, I, I know you're going Palusik over Salah because you just hate Salah.
1: I'm absolutely taking Bulletin over that. Um,
0: if you're going center backs, obviously we'll see Van Dyke in it, but I think Thiago Silva's the other one. The only yeah, the, the only funny part for Chelsea is their goalkeeper situation. Boy. You would have thought that when they made that deal for Kepa, we'd never be saying this. But um we are and we got Willie Cal Calvair- Willy from Willie from Argentina. I always butcher his last name Caballero Caballero. Caballero, Right. Um, he's making more starts over Keppo, which is so funny. Uh, Yeah.
1: It's, I mean, that's the thing I would be worried about if I was a Chelsea supporter, but also at the end of the day, you got to come into this season extremely excited and with a lot of hope. So,
0: yeah, no. Um, well, I think, uh, we kind of touched on everything here. Uh, at the back of the net for kind of an intro to the season. Uh, let us know what you guys think um, down in the comments or, you know, tweet at us. If you guys get a listen, once again, uh, my Twitter handle is ja at capital J a H, uh, then the number five and an S and then uh, Mr. Bank is just at Mr. Bank 99. Uh, let us know your thoughts guys. Yeah. Um, like I said, we're some American lads. Uh, we're doing this for fun. Uh, we just love the game of soccer. Um, we love, you know, picking some bets every now and then. And, uh, so we figured why not share it with you guys? Um, but, uh, that kind of wraps things up for our first episode. Um, we're going to hopefully drop this on, uh, either Spotify or Apple podcasts. Uh, just pay attention to our Twitter pages for uh, kind of where this will go up here in the next few days and uh, look forward to uh, within the next eight days, we'll be recording our week one uh, match week, I guess, match day one, uh, kind of uh premiere, premiere for the Premier League. Uh, I'm really excited Absolutely. for that. Uh, so look forward to that, guys. Um, within the next couple of days here, uh, we'll be getting that out as well. Uh, we'll always try to keep these podcasts under an hour because we know you guys are busy. Um, we're busy as well, but, um, you know, we'd want to keep this thing short, uh, sweet and, uh, also still kind of get into the deep depths of the games and break things down. But that's it for
1: us. Um,
0: any closing words, Mr. Bank for our first podcast?
1: Yeah, I just want to thank you for uh, starting this podcast up, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it this year and uh, just tracking the Premier League pretty closely. And, you know, I'm so excited for Match Week 1. Just going to see all these squads with all the new additions go at it, and I think it's going to be great to see. So I would just say to everyone who's looking forward to the Premier League, just buckle down only eight more days, and then you can be watching it as much as you want. There's going to be games on left and right.
0: Right. All righty, well, that'll finish us off, guys. Uh, We look forward to uh, hearing any of your comments, and we look forward to talking to you guys next week uh, for Match Week 1. Thank you.